Welcome to the Liberated Investor Advantage podcast with your host, Doug Alden. In this podcast, we help you deal with and understand the uncertainties of investing and financial planning. Join us for this journey as your host, Doug Alden, teaches you how to move forward no matter what life or the markets throw your way. Hello and welcome to the Liberated Investor Advantage with Doug Alden. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Good morning, Eric. I'm really good. Uh, feeling feeling very well. Last week I was a little down, but our last recording I was a little down. But um, today I feel happy, content, uh, glad to be alive, and uh, ready to try to get the message out uh, that what the Liberated Investor Advantage does for people and how it helps them um, protect, build, and enjoy their wealth. Yeah, bottom line is that I love the message that you're bringing to the public. I love the message that you bring to your clients and your prospects. And when people actually take the time and sit down with you, they really begin to get it. And so it took me, honestly, it took me about two meetings just to, you know, because we didn't have long meetings, but 15, 20 minutes each for for you kind of to, to discuss what your thoughts and process is. And it totally clicked with me. And I just, I love it. So I'm, I'm excited to get into today's content and uh, want to know where are we starting today? Well, I just thought I would report a little bit on you know, how the investments are doing, S&P 500, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, uh, foreign and emerging market stocks, treasuries. I, th- I think I want to talk a little bit about yield because it's, uh, it's, there's none there. Um, year to date, the S&P 500, uh, hard to believe it's up over 25%. Uh, Dow Jones up over 21 NASDAQ up almost 29 Foreign stocks are doing well, surprisingly, when you mm. consider that Europe is dead, okay, as far as economics is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up over 18%, and emerging markets have start, started to come into play. The reason I bring that up is because it's it's good to have money in all of these categories. Mm-hmm. So you, you never know which one's going to be sterling. So you want to make sure that parts of your investment are distributed among them. And then the, the key is rebalancing once a year. I don't think you need to rebalance more than once a year. A lot of uh, money managers throw out every quarter. I saw a study once on what rebalancing does to the standard deviation of a portfolio. Standard deviation is a measurement of risk. And from the quarter to twice a year to once a year, there was not a marginal difference. So we do it once a year. We let the stocks run for the year, and then we kind of rebalance back into the original uh, distribution of those assets. So we have some. We even have some in in the in the bond market too. So we catch a little bit of of the uh, interest. And that, by the way, the bond market's having a pretty good year too. So what you want to do is you want to put the portfolio together so that you're exposed to market risk. Mm-hmm. And all always always. In my opinion, and remember, investing has risk, and past performance is no guarantee of future returns. But if I can keep my family money invested as well as my client money invested in equities primarily based on risk tolerance and stuff like that, what the distribution might be, then I know over the long haul we're going to be uh, – the, the returns from the markets historically – have been just short of incredible. It's proven that equities outperform inflation by several basis points, by several percentage points. So mm-hmm. that's what I that's what I want to do. To start off, things are pretty good right now, but it can turn around. 
Uh, yeah. The second thing I, wa- I wanted to talk about is interesting because, uh, you know, when when Dorothy landed in Oz, she says to Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not in the general good times from what companies provide their employees anymore. Yeah. Now, let me give you an example. My dad worked for General Motors for, I think it was 33 years. Every day, went to the same plant. He was a general foreman, did very well based on his education. One of six children, uh, very poor. His father was an alcoholic. Mother had to go dig Charlie out of the bars at night, and my dad, mm-hmm. being the oldest son, was responsible for dinner. Many times it was a five-pound can of peanut butter and some bread. So he did very well. He raised five kids, uh, supported us. We we had, at one time, uh, two of the of our my siblings were in college. We had two cars. We had a house and a cabin on a lake. Mm-hmm. And he did it on one salary. Wow. So those those times are gone. But the thing about, the reason I bring up GM is because he worked there every day, Monday through Friday. He got on supervision, so you don't get time off. You get vacations. And then he retired, 61. He died at 96. Wow. If you do your math... <laughs> He worked. I, I know I throw arithmetic at you every every time we do one of these, Eric. So yeah. I, I don't I don't mean to challenge you, but if he retires at sixty one and died at ninety six, that's thirty five years. That is thirty five years. Thirty five years. So Dad got a retirement check from GM for more years than he worked for GM and got a paycheck. So was that was that a true pension then? That is a true pension. He, it was a formula that uh, they, they come up with, and, and uh, after 30 years, you could retire. My brother did the same thing, except he, my brother died at 60, so he didn't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. He, he, he retired at 55, but um, he, he had cancer, <coughs> excuse me, cancer and gotcha. uh, all that kind of stuff, and it was a little, little bit of uh, uh, sad because he didn't even begin to collect Social Security. So Dad got a check from Social Security. I think he started taking it at 62. And he retired very well off, never had to worry about investment returns because the checks came every week, every month. Yes. Let me ask you this. Let's stop there just for a moment. Did your dad happen to work at all after his, you know, I'm using air quotes, his retirement at 61? Did he do anything else? It's great. It's great that you asked me that because it's an interesting story. My uncle, uh, his brother, Mm -hmm. had a, a, a glove distribution wholesale. He was a glove distribution wholesaler. I'm sorry, what? Retailer. He, he, a he, glove? he had a glove business. G-L-O-V-E. Gloves. He sold like gloves. baseball gloves? Like, no, no, like no, no. Like gloves for your work hands. gloves? Okay, well, gloves. You know, <laughs> I know yeah. gloves go on your hand, Doug. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they all go on your hands, but I wasn't they sure. They all rub- go on your hand. R- rubber gloves, uh, okay. leather work gloves. Uh, right, right. Stuff like, like that. And, and okay. the, the, you know, we lived in um, the, the just north of Detroit, mm-hmm. so it was a big automobile industry. And so my uncle said, is, my father's name was Fremont. I said, Fremont, why don't you just throw a couple cases of gloves in your trunk? And when you stop off at somebody, just say, show them the gloves and see if they want to buy anything. And he looked at uh, Uncle Dick was the, my, my uncle's name. He looked at Uncle Dick and he says, I'm retired. <laughs> I'm not working. So he didn't have a job. It, there was nothing else. And he and mom retired for 
She died a few years before he did, but that's all they did. They did not work. They did not. He was so able he, to get by. Yeah. On he was able to get by well because we actually inherited a surprising amount of money considering his lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My dad. My dad was frugal. Uh, at times, I thought he was cheap, but he he was frugal. Mm-hmm. And he didn't spend a lot of money, but he was able to live on that. My point is, he was able to live on that so that he didn't have to worry about health insurance and he didn't have to worry about pensions. Yeah. My mom got a small Social Security check and she got a small pension check from uh, a county job she had for 10 or 12 years. And that's it. And they lived very well. They had two houses, they had one in Michigan and one in Arizona. And they would go to Michigan in the summertime and Arizona in the wintertime and visit grandkids in California. And, where I was living in Florida then, they'd come down to see me. That My point is that those days are gone. Mm-hmm. Those days are gone. You don't have the cradle-to-the-grave companies that are going to take care of you and all your benefits and your retirement income anymore. Correct. So the planning is so important. Uh, General Electric just made some sweeping changes on its pension plan, and that's the sign of things to come. It's already happening, but some of the bigger companies are phasing out. It's called a defined benefit. Mm-hmm. You work so many years, and you get like $200 credit for every year you work for a monthly income. So if you work, if you work a year, you get $200. You work two years, you get $400. And you have to be vested in all those qualifications. My point is that's not happening anymore. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just, it's just not there. And so planning and trying to figure out how it's all going to work out is, is a real a chore for people. Add to that the cost of what things are now, and it just really causes some, you know, I call them uh, acid reflux moments when you start thinking about all the stuff you've got to think about. A recent survey by TD Ameritrade finds that most people believe a million dollars is enough to retire and I have a, a presentation that I make. It's called Structuring Your Retirement, how to structure it, the kind mm-hmm. of retirement pressures you have, the risk you take, how to build a better retirement, and how to retire on your terms. So that's why I want to talk about this. It's so important that we get to it. So part of the, of the thinking behind my Liberated Investor Advantage was how to integrate and coordinate all the financial decisions people have to make in order that we are hopeful that they're going to last. One of the illustrations I use all the time is a, um, a, a pay down from the time you retire. If you do have the million dollars and you want to take out a little under $80,000 a year to live on, the time you retire and market returns affect that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know. I had some people that retired in uh, 2000, 2001, 2002, and they invested. And in, at that particular time, we had a serious bull market or bear market. Uh, if you'll remember, obviously, what happened on 9-11, 2001, mm-hmm. and then the bear market of 2002, tax laws got uh, changed. Taxes were reduced. Market started taking off in 2003, and it went all the way up until the crash of 2008 and 2009. So it just depends on when you take, retire, how much money you can take out. Mm-hmm. And that that presentation is called a sequence of returns, and I'll get into that in future podcasts, but I don't want to spend time on it today. I want to get back to my um, process where we can take a look at the 
the remaining steps, if you listen to podcast number five, you'll know where we left off, and you'll be able to pick it right back up. If not, you know, my telephone number is uh, 828-668-0665. Email is Doug at deliberatedinvestor.com, and the webpage is deliberatedinvestor.com. So with that, I'm going to take a deep breath and move on. All right. Yeah, let's, let's absolutely get into the process. When we left off last time, uh, I was going through my process the Liberated Investor Advantage, and we ended with the new present position. What mm -hmm. that means is we've made some adjustments. We've re-engineered, if you will, some of your financial positions, and then we reallocated some of your strategies. Keep in mind, I try to do this at no out-of-pocket cost which means no increased out-of-pocket costs for the, the client. Mm -hmm. That means that I'm just taking his current resources and what he's spending, and by illustrating the lost opportunity costs that he incurs on various strategies and how vulnerable he is to uh, market conditions, we want to build some protection in there so that he will continue to increase and, and, and build wealth. Let mm -hmm. me give you an example. Uh, this is, uh, this is a, a very, very important point. Um, my wife and I have an investment account, and from that investment account, all of our life insurance is paid for. I don't, I don't have any out-of-pocket costs on an ongoing basis for my life insurance because the investment account, the dividends and interest that it earns, pays the life insurance premiums. Mm, okay. Now, if you take a younger person let's say, in his 40s, and he's contributing to his 401k, and he's putting everything he can into it. And he maybe has some savings. He may have some other stuff. But if he were to get sick and out of work for a year or so, guess what happens to the 401k? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's yep. based on earned income. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you, can't, you, you, you can't put any more money into it. So that... that that, that mountain chart that he's looking at every month when or every year when the 401k guy comes around will be offset because there's no additional money going in there. I talked about the exponential curve last time. Everybody has one, and a disability will definitely affect your, your, mount, your uh, uh, exponential curve and your accumulation of in, income potential down the road. Mm -hmm. You just won't build it. So... Now, if he has some life insurance and it's designed properly, then those deposits into his life insurance continue to accumulate in the policies. And so that's an added protection against losing all his wealth. Yeah. So yep. once, that, once that master present position is in place, the next thing we have to do is we got to make sure that all the people that are involved in all the financial decisions, in other words, his financial advisor team works in unison, and they're not pulling against each other. Mm -hmm. I always talk about, uh, you know, back in the days when I was growing up, we had V8, V8 cars. You know, you know what those are, Eric? Oh, yeah. My first car was a big old V8. What was it? It was a Ford Thunderbird. It had a 464 barrel in it. Wow. I got like I six miles to the gallon. Six miles <laughs> to the gallon? <laughs> yeah, pretty much six miles to the gallon, yeah. Yep. Well, and I had my my wife has a eight cylinder a V eight 
Toyota Tundra, mm-hmm. and she gets about three gallons to the mile. So um, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a switch. But she loves it, and she's high up, and she's protected, and that's that's wonderful. That's right. Anyway, we want to we want to go uh, looking about building your team. It, it's part of our commitment to make sure you're capable uh, to provide you with the capabilities to simplify the complex and and to improve the clarity of your financial uh, world in which you live and what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. The advisors you select should bring an expertise in their specialized areas, but sometimes they're going to go in opposite directions, and we want to provide the integration and coordination so they're all operating in the same same path. Mm-hmm. The example of the V8, I used to use this when we had them, but if you're not tuned up very well, let's say you've got six cylinders pointing north and two cylinders pointing south, mm-hmm. what, what's the net output? Well, it's four. It's half of your potential. Mm-hmm. So just by tuning up the two cylinders that are causing the drag, you double your output. Yeah. Well, well the same way with your finances. Same way with your finances. If you if you tune up the finances so the drags are not causing you as much difficulty as I illustrate, then you're able to go faster. Mm-hmm. Get perfect example is automobile and homeowners insurance. I had I had some clients who had two quick claims uh, because of wind. You know, we live in North Carolina in the mountains, there are a lot of trees up here. My Every now and then, my granddaughter visits me from Florida, and she says, wow, these are a lot of trees up here, Grandpa. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are. Well, anyway, the trees fell and damaged the house, so they were minor claims. The last one was barely above the deductible, and she they turned it in. Well, guess what the insurance company did? Mm-hmm. Up to rates. Canceled. They, they oh, canceled. they canceled. Wow. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Repetition of claims on a homeowner's policy. Yeah. Same thing with it. Anyway, you pay the auto premium, you pay the homeowner's premium, you hope you never have to use it. All that money goes to the insurance companies, doesn't go to you. So it doesn't build any of your wealth. Mm-hmm. And there are many other strategies that do the same thing. Term insurance is one of them. So by making sure the team is all on the same page, you're able to actually kind of accelerate. So that's the step number six. Step Step number seven, eight, and nine are really good. Uh, it's called the reality checklist. It's a tremendous tool for creating energy and positive momentum and really a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It identifies the achievements and provides clear direction on which way to head. The report generates a list of areas to improve, accomplishments, further progress to be made, as well as specific action steps. It's a master list, if you will, and I've got one in the book. It's a sample, and it, it provides uh, a focus almost for you to be able to see what you're doing and we, where we are, where we want to be, next step, and specific action. And I've got eight on one page, and sometimes I fill out maybe two or three pages. Well, so, Doug, let me ask you this. I mean, this is step seven. Why wouldn't you have a checklist at the very beginning? A checklist at the very beginning? Yeah, start, I mean, mean? yeah, I mean, this is this is step seven. So all of a sudden we have a checklist, the, the reality checklist. It sounds great, but why wouldn't you have a checklist at the very beginning of this process? Because well, you've got to find out what's wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is this is the checklist after you've gotten your, like you said, you're talking about your team, you know, what, what parts of your team do you have in place, where your present position is. Once you've got those things, then you get this reality checklist that says, okay, now that we've done all this, 
let's let's look and see how all the things are working together and what improvements can be made. Is that what I'm hearing? Pretty much. Pretty oh, much. We, all right. It, it happens quicker than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with it by the by the time we get through to the present position, then we develop the checklist and it, it, these steps are not etched in stone. I got to do one, then two, then three, then got four. It, okay. it, it kind of flows together so that it means something. But this is a, extremely important because if you're not making uh, corrections or you're not improving going forward, that just means that you're you're not making any progress. So you're yeah, wasting you're your money. You, 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 yeah, you're not making any progress. And, and the, let me tell you something. The idea, and I've done this several times with clients, sometimes this reality checklist is very long. We've got to do this and this and this. And this. So we may have mentioned it last time when we talked about a to-do list. It's almost like a to-do list. If you give a person a to-do list with 15 or 20 items on it, I mean, there's small things like, you know, we got to go to see the attorney to update our wills. We got to mm-hmm, adjust mm-hmm. our car insurance. We got to deal with our home insurance. You know, we, we may need a, an umbrella policy because the homeowner's insurance and auto insurance doesn't cover us enough that the amount of assets we have, our disability may be, you know, lacking or inadequate. Uh, our health insurance, pretty much what you get, can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, look at their life insurance or maybe some adjustments on their life insurance, maybe be some adjustments on their savings patterns. So, but once I get into the current present position, that's when you just see what everybody needs. I mean, it's pretty clear as much as I've dealt with it, it gets pretty easy for pe- me to see what's wrong. So I developed a list. Then, um, as I said the other day, the last podcast, if I give you, um, a list with 20 items on it, it doesn't get done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to take it. It's, it's like we said, eating an elephant. How do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. You got to right, right. take it in small chunks. So that makes sense. Well, as, as we're trying to create better and more powerful lives, we come to realize we can't have everything. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we have to get very clear about what we want. Uh, that just makes sense. First thing we focus on is what's working. Yeah. Where are we getting results? The results yep. can uh, be in areas of finance, relationships, anything, freedom, time of freedom, emotional health and vitality. The second part is what's not working. Yeah. If 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 something's not working, what do we need to do to correct it? Mm-hmm. Once you take the time to focus on these things on a consistent basis, you start to gain a lot more freedom. And you get real good clarity on how your whole wealth building process is going. Uh, and actually leads to increased creativity, getting things you really want to accomplish yeah. done. Mm-hmm. So we make a list. Again, we don't make it uh, exhaustive. We have three slot, three, three or four slots, what's working, and you put it on. And then what's not working, mm-hmm. and you put it on the same list. It's kind of like almost a Ben Franklin decision-making process. I don't know if you remember the old T, Ben Franklin T. Um so what's working, what's not working. But then the next next thing that's really important, Eric, and I, I want you to underline this, if it's working, why is it working? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is the next improvement we can make on that? Yeah. What difference would it make? Who needs to be involved? Does it is it your attorney for your will? Is it your auto and homeowners insurance? Is it me as an advisor? Is it whatever? Who needs to be involved? And what 
is the client? Who, which part of the client team is going to participate? Usually it's the husband and wife when I talk, when I go through this process with. And what's the first step? Mm-hmm. And you make a list. You put three things on the list. What's not working? Next, what's not working? Yeah. Why is it not working? Well, I, I think that I, I want to go back to the car analogy, and I know we're running really short on time, but, um, you know, like you said, you're, you're giving it a tune-up, and you've got, you know, yes, you've got things running on all eight cylinders now, right? So it's humming along. However, <clears throat> it could be smoother. So once the once you're running on all eight cylinders, maybe it's time to check the shocks. Maybe it's time to mm-hmm. check the struts because the ride is going and you're going the right direction, but could it be smoother? And that's where you start mm-hmm. to check the finer points, the little things. And that's what it sounds like you're doing. Um, well, some of this, some of this is we're, t- we're turning some cylinders around. Some of it is so bad that mm-hmm. it's actually dragging you. That's yeah. what's not working. Yeah. What's mi- what's missing? What's the missing ingredient? Why isn't it working? Yep. Uh, what, what will make it work? What do you think will make it work? Got it. Yep. And what difference will it make? And then who needs to be involved and what's the first step? Same, same thing. And then finally, the process is a time for a celebration. We want to enjoy the work that we've done the journey. once a year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, it, it's a, the achievements is a collection of your accomplishments from your, your LIA reports and your focus and all the work we've done during the current 12-month cycle. Mm-hmm. Remember, I started. I started in three years. Now we're down to one. Yeah, it's yep. a cause for celebration and applause. I think I mentioned this last time, but I had a couple of clients who gave me what they wanted their ideal world to look like. And after we had been working for quite some time, I got that old chart out and I put it up on the on the wall when they came in for a meeting. And one of the things was that client. One of the one of the clients wanted to get a gourmet kitchen so he could cook. Yeah, and her, the other part of that team wanted to be able to paint, and they both smiled because that they had happened. That celebration and applause. We, we ought to be happy about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it, it's foundational for the future because if you keep doing this over a long period of time, you're going to have a pretty efficient accumulation and understand how to b- really build wealth. Yeah, and so that that's the uh, that's the entire process, and then the next year we just start all over again. Okay, what do we got to do now? Maybe yep. you've gotten a raise. Maybe maybe you've changed a job. Maybe you've inherited money. Maybe uh, you know your wife's sick. That same couple, wife got very sick, so she had to step back from what little employment. She didn't have a lot of, pl- of employment, just a small part time job. So she had to step mm-hmm. back from that and and be concerned about her health. Yeah, but I mean, it changes things. It doesn't matter what kind of employment it is; it's it's going to make a change, you know, to the overall picture. So you need to be right. able to pivot and adjust for sure. That makes sense, right? Yep, it sure does. So that's that process. Yeah, I mean, that is a wonderful process. It's nine steps for those that are keeping track. Um, again, go back and listen to that the the last podcast, which I believe is podcast number five. Listen to that. Right. Hear the first steps. You've gotten the the last set of steps right here up to the celebration, which is where I know Doug wants every one of his clients to be at at some point. Um, I mean, we all want to be there, right? And we we all want to be able to celebrate the victories and and the the things that we've done. Um, Any closing thoughts for today's podcast? Yeah, just one comment. I don't think anybody, uh, when they start start their career, wants to end up broke. Yeah. So planning is a very important thing. This isn't Kansas anymore. 
We're living right. in a very new world. Money is fungible, and money goes where it's treated best. So you want to build, you protect, build, and enjoy your wealth. Yeah, absolutely. Doug, thank you so much for your time today. You bet. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Liberated Investor Advantage podcast with Doug Alden. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Doug comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at the Liberated Investor Advantage, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Liberated Investor Advantage podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.